welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where we break down every film from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. My name is Daniel Henderson, and today is episode... One, two, three... And I'm Dean Jeffrey, and I podcast like I'm running out of time, Hendo. How did you not open up with a song? I mean, in fairness, I did consider actually, you know, writing out a little parody song, but time just caught up with me, Hendo. I'll be honest. Effort. Yeah, sure. (laughs) You thought about it for a second, like, you know what, fuck that. I was going to start with, you know, like the the opening of Hamilton, you know, how does a podcast, and then go on from there, but... I just, it just didn't, it didn't come together for me. Oh, well, I feel like you're saving your singing chops for later on. (laughs) Well, we'll see. And today we're breaking down the live musical smash hit, Hamilton. The film, Hamilton, Hendo. The film, yes, it is a film. Don't be so disrespectful. (laughs) I, I, I am on the film, the film boat, I guess. It's a good boat to be on, because if you weren't, well, maybe not if you weren't, if IMDb weren't, then we wouldn't be here right now, would we, Hendo? That's that's right. This is the most recent film we've done that has uh, featured on the IMDb Top 250 list. It's only been in there for a couple of weeks, and boom, we're onto it. Yeah, it wouldn't even be close. I mean, (laughs) have we done a film that's even like one year old that's on the 250 list? From memory, I think the most recent film we've done is Logan. Yeah, which was years ago. Yeah. What else are we doing today, Hendo? Well, after the breakdown, we'll take a look at some reviews you guys have given to us. We'll take a look at our question of the week, which is, what is your favourite Hamilton song? Which will be our top five as usual. We're going to see the results of the Pod V Pod 40 movie draft between me and Dean in our iconic film duos draft. We're going to take a look at the first round of our Tournament of Champions bracket final list. And then after all that, it's my turn to pick a movie. Yep, looking forward to it. Obviously, it won't be as good as my pick, but we'll see how you go. Want to know about that? All right, before we get into our breakdown of Hamilton, just a quick heads up, we'll be spoiling it from the get-go. So if you haven't seen it, go out and watch it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's right. And with that being said, let's get into Hamilton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hamilton released this year, 2020, starring. Now, this is in the, uh, not in the order I would put it, but this is the the credits order, apparently. So we got David Diggs, Renee Elise Goldsbury, Jonathan Groff, Chris Jackson, Jasmine Cephas Jones, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Leslie Odom Jr., Akirat Onodawan. I think he goes by Oak. <laughs> Oak? All right, let's go Oak. Anthony Ramos and Philippa Sue, directed by Thomas Cahill. Yeah, surely Lynn is the uh, number one there. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to deny that. Written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, based on the book Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow. It is the real life of one of America's foremost founding fathers and first secretary of the treasury, Alexander Hamilton. It was captured live on Broadway from the Richard Rogers Theatre with the original Broadway cast. 
So rather than being a traditional adaptation of the musical for the big screen, such as Les Miserables, West Side Story, or The Great Cats that just came out recently, this is instead a film version of the stage show with the original Broadway cast performing the roles. The recording was filmed in June of 2016, just before several key members of the original cast, including Lin-Manuel Miranda, ended their run on the show. Yeah, and thank God they did get it with the original cast. There is something special about this group here, I think. Yeah, the, the whole group is stellar in this film. So Ron Chernow, who wrote the Hamilton biography that inspired Lin-Manuel Miranda in the first place, he was initially sceptical about making a musical from Hamilton's life, but he changed his mind after see, after his first meeting with Miranda, who stressed that he wanted Hamilton to be taken seriously by historians and asked Chernow to help him develop the script. Chernow said his scepticism melted the moment he heard Miranda's first song and was completely on board afterwards. He supposedly has seen the show dozens of times and he's always a paying customer. And certainly put Ron Chernow on the map, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I didn't know who that bloke was until I uh, watched Hamilton. But this was released on the 3rd of July in 2020. It was originally scheduled for a, theat- for a theatrical release on October 21st, 2021. And it was moved up to the Disney Plus exclusive release uh, in light of the consequences, obviously, of COVID uh, on the film industry and the performing arts, which shut down not only the musical's Broadway production, but also its London West End and touring productions. I would have loved to have seen this at the cinema. Well, hopefully when everything settles down, uh, maybe we go see the actual... They're not going to release it. No, 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 no. Maybe we go see the actual musical when it comes out here. It's like well over $1,000 per ticket. Well, it may be worth it. Who knows? And I think it's only in Sydney, and it'll be Aussie cast members. Oh, that'd be rough. Yeah, it's not like- Alexander Hamilton. It's not like you're paying and you're seeing Lin-Manuel Miranda and company. You're paying to see Aussie people, which I'm sure they're great, like really, but you're sort of in in love with this cast. It would be a bit jarring. Runtime of 160 minutes with a tagline of- an American musical. Simple, to the point, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing, this film can do no wrong for Dean. So there's no uh, budget or box office here, but I did see that the cost of filming the show uh, in June 2016 for later exhibition as an independent movie was financed by its three main producers for less than $10 million. And in February 2020, Disney paid $75 million for the worldwide rights to release it and is believed to be the largest price ever paid for a single film acquisition. Wow, that's huge. Not even a like a, a stage thing. A, a, any film, this is the biggest price paid. Yeah. Crazy. To, to acquire the rights to distribute the film. Huh, it's awesome. The show's popularity has been credited with the US Treasury foregoing its plans to replace Hamilton on the $10 bill. Yeah, I did say that. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, you, you, were, you were definitely in that camp like do not change that $10 bill. <laughs> do not change that bill I've never seen in my life. <laughs> But let's look at some scores here. Rotten Tomato critics give it a 98%. The audience give it 91%. So 98%, I'd imagine that is like one person who has given it a negative review on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's like, screw that guy. Right? Pretty much. Metacritic give it a 90%. Ooh, that's huge. Pretty sure that's the highest Metacritic score I've seen. <laughs> Letterboxd have it at a 43 but let's take a look at the history, the brief history of Hamilton in the IMDb Top 250 list. This debuted on the list on the 19th of July in 2020, and obviously hasn't been in there for too long, but in its very short run, it has started to drop, like most movies do when they get when they peak up that high, they're only, they're only probably going to go down. It's currently sitting right now at number 27, with an 8.5 over 32,000 ratings. I mean, I, I personally think this, should, this film should be going up, not down, Hendo. 
You think it should be going up from 19? Sure. Wow. It really, really shows where you're going to rank this film. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how much recency bias plays into it. Now, I'm really I'm really curious how much uh, singing and dancing you're going to do during this breakdown. Uh, let's get into it, Dean. Let's do it. This is Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. Now, I would have heard this first song more than any other song by a long way. I have watched so much Hamilton shit on YouTube, it's not funny. (laughs) Have you watched him doing it for the first time at the White House? No. He's got, like, real short hair. Um, It's just him, and he does the whole first song. And, like, every part, he's basically, um, he's playing uh, Aaron Burr, and he's basically doing the whole thing through. It is a bit different, um, and it was a little jarring seeing him as Burr there, but it's pretty it's pretty interesting, I must say. How many times have you seen this film now? Oh, I think this is my ninth. Wow. Nine. And, honestly, I, don't, I, I mean, you'd have to go back to probably when I was pre-teen to another time I've watched a film as often in such a short amount of time. Yeah. That's uh, that's crazy. That is crazy. You know why it's so easy for me to watch? Because you can just have it on there. Have the kids can watch it. Because the, the, kids, the kids are obsessed with it. Yeah. Okay. They are. They are. Like, they know more of the words to this than I do by a long way. <laughs> I, I have been playing the, the soundtrack uh, every once in a while and- yeah, my kids don't mind it. So there were times I've come in and Isabel's playing some songs off the Hamilton soundtrack off Spotify, dancing away. Yeah, nice, nice. What I like about this song is it really gets you into it because this, okay, honestly, this is a story of American forefathers, whatever it is. Like, I'm an Australian, you're an Australian. I when am. I first started watching the play, I'm like, I've got no idea about any of these people. And the way they set it up with, with, you know, them coming down the spotlight saying, I died for him. I loved him. I'm the one that shot him. It's like, oh, okay, now we have we have context here. We know how this story goes, especially when they show Bert and how he says, I'm the guy that shot him. It's like, okay, so we know that we're going to be following this relationship closely between Hamilton and Burr throughout this film. Yeah, I mean, Burr is almost the main character after Hamilton. I'd say he is. Like he's he know, he's telling this story. I know I know it's you know ultimately going to be Eliza telling the story of Hamilton, but Burr is the one who opens the story for us, and he really does follow through the narrative at every point with you know his version of events, basically. Yeah, and you immediately get like the second song here, the Aaron Burr Sir song. It's most it's generally about them meeting for the first time. Yeah, and Lin Manuel Miranda did come out and say that he did liken the meeting of Hamilton and Burr to actually the meeting of Harry and Draco in Harry Potter. Basically, when Harry's first gone to this 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 unknown place, uh, it's his you know not his it's his enemy for lack of a better word that he first meets before meeting his group of friends. And it is interesting seeing this Aaron Burr song where it is so obvious how opposite these two characters are. They really set up from here that Burr stands for nothing. Like, I remember that when the first time I watched it, I remember that towards the end of the film, but I didn't realise how quickly they set it up here and how much of a, a key factor it is throughout the film. Like, them saying throughout from the start here, he doesn't stand for anything, really sets up what Hamilton does to him later on in the film. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you stand for nothing, Burr, what will you fall for? 
It's yeah. he is the one who's on the outside. And even when you get to my shot and he meets, you know, Lawrence Mulligan and Lafayette, even like little bits where where it's Burr that brings over the actual physical alcohol shop uh, glasses, mm. he brings over four. And those four guys shot and he sits there on the outs. Like he is someone who who is not a part of this and who is, as you say, set up immediately as someone who is on the outs of the Hamilton crew. Yeah, especially when they all start dancing and you see him sort of back away and go into the shadows in the corner. Yeah, like it is Burr that brings Hamilton to the pub, basically, where he meets his his three main friends of the first act here. And, like, you look at the final shot of the song My Shot, he's nowhere in sight. Like, you end this shot with Lawrence Hamilton, Lafayette, and Mulligan. Is it Mulligan? What's his name? Hercules. I'm Hercules yeah. Mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> say, come again. <laughs> i got to say, I love how simplistic the stage is and how how effective it is being used throughout this film. It's not. It's it's a small stage, but they make it change so often and so quickly that it really feels like a new thing every single time. Especially, especially the rotating floor. Yeah, the rotating floor, the double rotating floor, actually. And yes, yeah, uh, yeah, the double rotating floor is used f- just fantastically. It does really elevate uh, moments in the film where you can have characters walking, but they're not moving because they're on this rotating floor. It it really does. Yeah. It works wonders. Uh, can we also talk about costumes here? Because this is obviously set in the late 1700s where we start here. And, mm. you know, like the dress code is obviously a bit different to what we're used to here. But what I love most about the costumes that they're in is that they're all very different and they're so recognisable even by just the costumes. Hercules, for example, has this long green coat. Lafayette's in this real bright blue thing. Lawrence is in a, a darker, plainer grey. And Hamilton, he is in the, the main brown coat here. But I think Hamilton's changing costume throughout this film really is very, very effective showing different points in his life, which we'll get to. Yeah, especially the way this uh, My Shot song finishes where they're just all just standing there. I, love, I know you can tell it's a musical when, they're, when they've paused, the applause going, and they're standing like deep, like, <laughs> you see their chest going up and down. <laughs> Quickly get that breath back in while we can pause here and wait. Yeah, because there's so much going on on stage because they are doing a lot of a lot of dancing, obviously. The choreography is yeah. very good here. I mean, I say it's very good. I don't know like much about dancing choreography at all all i know is as someone who is not exposed to this stuff virtually ever it is very appealing to look at for me yeah i agree me too it actually took lin-manuel miranda about a year to write my shot he describes the song as the moment that hamilton comes into the room and blows everyone away with the strength of his oratory so every couplet has to be amazing a year it took him a year to write that one song. Yeah, that is crazy. And uh, you know, having done a small amount of research on the man himself, he is someone who is always working. Like he is a very, very busy man. So for him to take a year working on this song is pretty incredible. I did actually see as yeah. well the f- the opening Alexander Hamilton song took roughly the same amount of time as well. Crazy, absolutely crazy. And uh, like it's at the same time, it's not surprising because of how much information he can get across whilst also being inside a very catchy and fantastic song. Very talented man. But we need to raise a glass for Freedom Dean. Yeah, the story of tonight is next, Tendo. It's all right. 
Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's only it's only a short song. It's definitely not a highlight. Uh, one thing that did strike me very blatantly is the relationship between Hamilton and Lawrence here. Now, apparently, they did have an affair back in the day. I mean, back in the day. Obviously, it wasn't this week. <laughs> And you can really tell, like they never, they never really mention it, obviously, in the play. But you can tell with uh, what's his name, Anthony Ramos, I think the actor who plays Lawrence is. He really, really does give Hamilton some uh, very loving looks. I will say, Hendo. There's a couple of gazes. There's definitely a couple of gazes. Interesting choice of word there, Hendo. I say uh, the the Skylar sister song. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, it catchy. is catchy. A- yeah, it's very catchy. It's a great introduction to Angelica, Eliza, Peggy. and Peggy, who is just going to get shafted so quickly here. <laughs> hey, she's not playing Maria Reynolds yet. What? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, th- I think she's much better as Maria Reynolds, <laughs> uh, i got to say. Did you know that this actress, Jasmine Cephas-Jones, is actually now engaged to Anthony Ramos in real life? I do know that. Good. I follow him on Instagram. You see a lot of lovey-dovey posts between them. It's cute. Oh, yeah? You guys good good mates? Uh, I would hardly say good mates. Probably just strong friends. We just mentioned before about how in-depth and knowledgeable these lyrics are that Lin-Manuel Miranda has written some of these lines are are classics like that. I'm a trust fund baby. You can trust me. I love that line. When I watched it the first time, I'm like, damn, that is, that, I think that at that point, that is what really wrote me into the movie. I'm like, damn, yeah. that is that is good. That is the, good. The you disgust me from Angelica. Oh, so, ah, you, so disgust you disgust me. me. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Like it's so like Leslie Odom Jr. is so perfect in this in this uh casting here. He is so like smug and confident and out there. It's just he is so good here when he's interacting with Angelica. I also love so this is our first appearance of Philippa Sue here. She is an absolute standout as well for me here. And it's so nice knowing where this is going to go for her and her story. It's so nice and refreshing seeing her here so happy and carefree, you know, like what a time to be alive. It's It, it makes it on a rewatch more hurting knowing what will come for her. Yeah, you can say that on a re, 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 rewatch. I can, I can. So it is nice to see her happy here. So this Farmer Refuted song, I, I said earlier, uh, this is the second time I'm watching it. I've listened to the soundtrack multiple times. This plays a lot better when you're actually watching what is happening on the screen. Listening to it is a, I mean, it's fine, but- It's a bit of a mess lyrically. Of ha- yes. Yeah. Once you get the context of what is actually happening on the screen, it, it works a lot better. Yeah, this- this yeah, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of this this song. The guy's pretty annoying. What's his name? Samuel Seabreeze or some something silly. The best thing about seeing Lynn here is how he's he's hearing this guy speak and he's just he can't help himself and you got Lafayette trying to push him towards, you know, go and stop him, go and say something. And then of course you've got Aaron Burr just like stopping him, trying to stop him of from course. doing this thing. Like, no, don't create a scene. Don't create problems, just be quiet and, you know, go along with the flow, which is what Burr is doing throughout this thing. And Hamilton is, as I've said, the absolute opposite of this. So, yeah, his his approach here with this guy, my dog speaks more eloquently. There's some funny, there's some funny <laughs> lines here, but ultimately it is just, whenever I say this, I'm like, all right, let's get to King George because this Jonathan King George. Groff- this Jonathan Groff performance is amazing. He, they really peg King George as this goofy kind of clown, don't they? Yeah, but I mean, 
he is this clown, but at the same time, you know, Jonathan Groff is playing this as an ultra serious character who yeah. he barely moves as well. Like he stands out so much. This whole scene here stands out so much because we've just had, you know, six songs basically of hip hop and a lot of moving around the stage, a lot a lot of chore- choreographs going on, a lot of actual bodies on stage and now it's almost him by himself barely moving. So any move he makes is so noticeable like when he does his you know his shoulder his, his shoulder tilt shoulder yeah. bop it's the da, 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 da. and that's another thing like you got Lin Manuel Miranda here spurting out thousands of words as quickly as he can and then you've got this guy da 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 da, da. Yeah. like it's just <laughs> it is so just the the opposite of what Lin is about here or what Hamilton is about here and it's it's fantastic like but i love how he uh, like it's He's so calm in nature throughout this film. Like he's he's singing nice and calm and, st- and talking normally. And he's yeah, like, and but the lyrics oh, don't kill match. Friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's so great. Like he's he sounds yeah. like yeah yeah no that's that's fine. You'll be back if you're not. I'll kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. Yeah. Like it's it's so <laughs> funny. Another thing which we haven't mentioned is actually seeing this with basically a laugh track to this film. Mm. What do you make of yeah. that? I mean, it just adds to that live audience, which is what they're trying to appeal here. Yeah, I agree. Because in my in my head, if someone said, "I'll oh, watch this movie," there's a laugh track. Basically, it sounds terrible. But being a stage show, actually having that that audience reaction to some moments, it really does make you feel like you're watching, like you're part of the audience, like you're watching a stage yeah. show. I actually think it's a really smart thing to do having the audience involved in like it's not often it's not like it's a sitcom from the 90s but it's definitely there and i think it does actually add to the film yeah i completely agree with you mate so we're introduced to the general here comes a general the moment you've been waiting for <laughs> i mean have we been waiting for this i feel like it's such an odd line like this is what you've been waiting for folks general washington well i f- i feel like a lot of people coming in watching hamilton hear the name George Washington, and it's like one of the only names they would know. So, like, oh, finally, someone I actually know who is in history. I mean, it's not like Hamilton isn't unknown. He is on the $10 bill. Doesn't mean everyone knows who he is and what he did. I I feel like Australians are in that boat, like, oh, my God, (laughs) someone I've heard of, Washington. Yeah, he's American. (laughs) The the line that he says, uh, he's a model major general. Do you know where that's from? Is it one of his addresses? No, I remember that from the Pirates of Penzance. There's another musical. Oh, really? Yeah, because I remember I had to do a stage play of Pirates of Penzance and I played that character and the one of his songs is the model major general. Oh, okay. I am the very model of a model major general. Of a modern major general, Hendo. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I'm not surprised. The more and more I read about this, the more I see insane number of Easter eggs that Hamilton has put in here. And there's there's too many to even begin to scratch the surface here, but I'm not surprised that um I mean I am surprised I don't even know what the Pirates of Penzance is. I feel like I've heard that somewhere, but I've no idea what that is. Okay, it's a, it's another musical. That's all I can tell you. It was back when I was in like primary school, so I can't remember anything about it except for that bloody line. Fair enough. So did you like Right Hand Man overall? Uh, it's not bad. I don't think it's one of the most memorable songs in the film, but it's de- it definitely gets the story moving along here with Washington 
bringing in Hamilton as his right-hand man. More yeah, great, conflict with Burr as well. Yeah, great great moment there where Burr, you know, he goes in to see Washington. He's like, oh, listen, you know, I love I love the way you, you fire shots from a distance. I've got all these ideas for you, blah, 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 blah. And Washington just ignores him and says, you know, close the door on your way out. And it's, oh, you, you do feel for him. You do feel for uh, Burr there. But even most I do of the like- time you, Most of the time you see Burr, like he generally just like- scoots off into the into the night like he backs you see him backing away like he just never gets the appreciation he deserves and you just see him like just fade away into the distance yeah and i think this is the first time we've seen songs that we've already heard in the musical snippets brought back into it so even Mm -hmm. here and it's very it's very small but you know when burr walks in washington says oh aaron burr and burr says sir you know like it's sort of it's bringing that aaron burr sir back and we get a like a bit of my shot here as well. I also remember that Rise Up gets spoken a lot and a lot of the other ones come up too. It's it's great that they incorporate previous songs into new songs and it makes it feel more like you're inside that universe like it's all more it's more yeah. connected. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Also like it's like it's evolving, you know, like these songs are yeah. sort of starting out ways and then they're adding pieces to it to become other things. It's really Beyond impressive, honestly. What did you make of Christopher Jackson, though, as a whole? He's good. Like from what we've seen so far as Washington, uh, he is a solid, solid instalment here. Yeah, I just think he has really good stage presence. Like he is. I was going to say presence. I was going to say presence. Yeah, he is this, you know, larger than life character, not in the flamboyant way, but in a commanding way. Like you can see him being a natural leader and it's it's yeah again great casting and you just mentioned before about how they they're bringing back certain portions of songs and that the a winter's ball here starts it off exactly how the movie starts with burr you know introducing i guess hamilton but the way he's saying it like it's a much more scathing now oh yeah like (laughs) yeah like (laughs) the 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 musical does start head as a bastard orphan son of a whore but you're right it is worse this time he is definitely meaner to hamilton now he's he's you can see it getting worse for him. And even, I love the look, like he's saying, a char- it would have been so easy for the actor here to come across as, you know, real dirty about it. But Leslie Odom yeah. Jr. says all this scathing stuff with a smile. And it's so, so perfect for this character from what we get from the musical here. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And there are some funny bits here, you know, like, the, we're good with the ladies. It's It's funny. <laughs> It's really funny. But I gotta say, this this tag team here of helpless and satisfied is it's it is great. It is so good. Yeah, I agree. It is it is such a a turning point for me for the musical. Like it really does put this huge element of emotion there. And seeing Eliza here, she's just such this innocent character and she sees this boy she likes and you know, she's helpless, like in so many ways, she's helpless to him here. And it's on its own merit, Helpless is an amazing standalone song. But then we get, you know, we get Angelica coming in, in Satisfied, telling her version of the same events. And we get this just fantastic rewind, rewind, rewind. Oh, my and God. This pl- yeah, that moment, the lights dim. Yep. You get the, like the you know the voiceover basically. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like slow motion while she's sort of in the middle there. It's it's phenomenal. I feel like this point here really really got me involved. Like some of the lyrics I've mentioned before really home in on the music, but the way 
they do this rewind here where like the lights are, are coming into her this time like they're, they're 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 dragging back in and the way everything's that they're spinning everything around and all the characters are like basically going back over their their previous dance moves while she's standing there like yeah. wondering what the hell is going on and yeah it makes it makes it for a small stage it really shows how much they can work with to make this look as much of a as a theatrical movie as possible. Yeah, no, I agree. And seeing like her performance here, uh, Renee Elise Goldsberry, she's like she's not in it heaps. Like this really is her main uh, moment here in Satisfied, but she is so she conveys so much emotion here. Like she really does show such sadness here that she's had to, well, not that she's had to, but that she has given away, you know, basically the man of her dreams to her sister here, yeah. and it's. You know, I will touch on as well. There's so many factual inaccuracies in this musical. I, oh, like normally, I mean, sure, yeah. Like normally, I mean, are you saying that because you know them or you just assume them? No, I'm assuming that like this can't be completely factual, and like that's not going to be a knock on this film at all. Like, there's like, who cares? Like, it, I'm, I'm watching yeah. this for the story it's showing. I agree. Like, I've done so much, you know, reading of Wikipedia pages. <laughs> I bet and, you have. <laughs> and YouTube videos and all this stuff. And normally, you know, even when we do movies that are based on books, I, I like bringing up all the differences and stuff. I don't really think I'm going to bother here. Like, like one thing here. No. Angelica, like she was already married and all this stuff. And Lin-Manuel Miranda has changed a lot of things for narrative reasons and I'm I'm not going to really go more in depth there because what he's done here works so well for the story he's telling. You know, like this doesn't open with this is a true story. This would be more inspired no. by true events than, you know, a documentary. I mean, honestly, if it said it was a true story, it wouldn't really matter. I mean, go take a look at Fargo. That all, all the that whole thing is bullshit. They can tell you it's a true true story. Yeah, fair point. But towards the end of Satisfied here where you've got uh, Angelica in the middle and you've got Hamilton and Eliza on opposite ends and she really is physically in the middle between them. I just think the staging there was fantastic as well. So now we've got the the two songs here, which is basically the I'm So Jealous of Hamilton by Burr. We've got the story of tonight where we see Hamilton and his buds go and see Burr. Burr, he does consider a friend here. Like, it's not like... It's not like they're enemies. I think Hamilton's quite positive towards Burr here. Like, he is comforting him when, you know, Burr's saying, oh, you know, he's got this woman on the side and Hamilton's just like, listen, I I just don't understand you. If you love her, go and get her. And that is basically how... That encapsulates how Hamilton lives his life. Like, if you want something, you go and take Mm. it. Like, what are you doing? But that's that's not Burr. Yeah, Exactly. And Burr it just isn't wired that way. Like, he doesn't understand how Hamilton just gets everything he wants. And it's funny here, actually, because you see Burr at this point is Lieutenant Colonel and Hamilton is writing Washington's journals and both of them want the other person's job. You know, yeah, like exactly. Hamilton wishes he was, he was, you know, in the trenches at this point fighting and Burr wishes he was being, you know, indispensable to the Washington here. And you can see, like, the, the clear differences between Burr and Hamilton with this next song, Wait For It, where he's 
he's basically saying Hamilton, he's just out there and he's doing as much as he can right now. But he's, you know, it, that can't last. Where Burr is just in the weeds, just waiting for his waiting for his shot. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas you know, you talk about you know his shot. My shot is the the coming out party for Hamilton, which is basically mm. he is going to take everything he can. I'm not going to waste my shot. I'm going to go and get it. And then Burr's real big main song here. Uh, and this first act is wait for it where his whole message is I'm not going to take my shot I'm just going to I am going to wait for it and it's also it's not just saying he's going to do that but it's also his jealousy of Hamilton's ability to take and take and take what he wants because he can't do it and it's all around this amazing song (laughs) yeah exactly like (laughs) this song wait for it is yeah, it's definitely one of the catchiest songs. And yeah. the, there's so many moments in it where it just, the volume drops right down. There might be nothing. Yeah. And then it hits you with the, wait Boom. for it, wait for it, wait yeah. for it. And Leslie Odom Jr. is so, so oh. good. Oh, he's outstanding. He really is outstanding. Yeah, this this is a this is a highlight of the film. So we really get a look into the, the war going on here and how rough they're, rough they're having it at the moment. They're not doing too well over in Stay Alive. Yeah, so they're obviously, it's all about a revolution. They're fighting the British. They're trying to free themselves of their rule, I guess. They promote General Lee. Wee! <laughs> really no straight away. That they, you're not supposed to take this guy seriously at all. And he is just no. a bigger doofus as King George. Yeah, this guy sucks. Also the same actor who does that song before the first uh, sighting of King George. He is annoying. Let's be honest. He is. But it is it is pretty funny here just seeing him, you know, do so poorly in the battle. Can I, I say the the actual battle scenes here are well done. Like it's it's obviously hard to convey on a, a small stage here, but they do really clearly show you what is happening. Yeah, it works well with just basically how they're doing their their stage show here with the the lighting, the way that like the flashes come up, the way that people position, the the, the actual colors they're using. Works really well. Yeah. So, General Lee gets demoted and uh, Washington gets Hamilton to promote Lafayette. And they start fighting and that's all fine. But General Lee, he's not happy with Washington. So, he you know, he says some things that upset Hamilton about Washington. And Hamilton being the man of honour that he is, feels like he needs to do something about it. Yeah, but luckily he's made John Lawrence steps in for him and decides to to take the take the charge on the the Ten Commandments with a jewel. This song this song works really well in regards to setting up uh, future things as well. This this it's like obviously towards the end of the film there's going to be more dueling, uh, two big key dueling scenes, and this one's very very light, I guess, in its uh in its tone. Yeah, I think the main purpose here, I think Hamilton has said it, is to just introduce this notion to the audience and explain yeah. how dueling works. And it's interesting, like only two hundred years ago, that like high class people, this was a way they could settle their arguments. What is the uh, the biggest say movie you know that features something like this, like duels with guns? I mean, honestly, the first one I think of is Barry Lyndon. Yep, yep, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, like you've got these really yeah. upper class people in serious duels. Yes. It's madness. Interesting way to settle arguments. Yeah, it is it is certainly potent though that you've got Hamilton and Burr discussing how silly dueling is here. <laughs> but no, yeah, Hamilton, he's in trouble with Washington with Meet Me Inside. Meet him inside. Meet him inside. Call me son one more time. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not. He gets, he gets annoyed. <laughs> he gets annoyed. Yeah, it's it's tense seeing them there and 
you know, the music drops to the dun 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 dun. It's good, but not Washington. He's furious. He sends Hamilton away, which is good, at least for Eliza, as we learn in that would be enough that she is pregnant with Philip. Yeah, this is this is a good this is a good song. Touching Lynn's performance is really good as well. How he reacts to you know the fact that she's pregnant. He's very like it's it's a deeper deeper sort of tone. Like he's trying to he hold does in this, his yeah, yeah. He does this thing a few times here where he does his really emotional. He, it's so I don't know. There's something about it. I, I can't even try and do it. But it's, he does this <laughs> weird voice when he's trying to be super emotional, and it's it, like it, he's trying to hold in his yeah, he's crying perfect. or yeah, he's, he's trying yeah. to hold in his tears. That's that's a good yeah. way of describing it. Uh, yeah. But he, he certainly does it here. But Eliza, like, is she just not the best? Let's be honest. Yeah, she's great. She's so supportive of Hamilton here. She's like, all I need from you is to come home at the end of the day. That would be enough. Yep, it's very touching. It's our first mention here of Eliza. Uh, she's inserting herself into the narrative, which comes back a number of times, this notion of Eliza and Eliza's telling a story of Hamilton. And I just think it is worth noting here that she she wants his, you know, let this be the first chapter, you know, we're about to start a family. This is what's important to her here. And I think it's worth mentioning just because of how it does come back later. All right. But now we get the Lafayette show, Guns oh, and Ships. David Diggs. Yeah, which amazingly we have not said David Diggs's name yet. <laughs> Oh, well, this is his this is his breakout here. He's just he's basically been the guy, like one of the guys in the background at the moment, but now he gets his time to shine. as Lafayette, and damn, this guy can rap, hey. Well, we already knew that from Blind Spotting. He's just putting it more more on show here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did actually go back and watch that last scene of Blind Spotting after oh, I really? saw Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, nice. It's interesting. Great film, Blind Spotting. Absolutely. But this is a point where basically Lafayette's saying to Washington, "Listen." You know, we need we need our ace now. We need Hamilton. I can't do this without him. Stop yeah. holding him. Stop keeping him on the bench. We need to bring him out to actually win this thing here. So reluctantly, uh, Washington, you know, gives Hamilton a sword and the look on Lin-Manuel's face when he receives his <laughs> sword from him. Just all his dreams come true. And then we sort of get like this pep talk from Washington here, don't we? Yeah, with the next song, History Has Its Eyes On You. It's not bad. It's a... Uh... Doesn't stand out too much for me, but it's it's good to prepare Hamilton in regards to what he does next with Yorktown. Yeah, I think history has its eyes on you. Does really reiterate Washington as this father figure. I think, I think he is known as like the father of America or whatever that is. But I think this scene here really does show his nurturing and mentoring nature here with Hamilton, and he even does drop the line, you know, "Who lives, who dies, who tells your story." Like. He's sort of warning Hamilton, like, from this point in, like, people will know who you are. History has its eyes on you, so. Yeah. Uh, you say that fathering and nurturing nature. I mean, he was calling him son several times in you know, the previous songs. He, he's, he really wants to sh- be that father figure. Yeah, you're right. And I bet Hamilton wouldn't have minded being called son as uh, he was being given the sword. Yeah, now you can call him son. <laughs> but Yorktown, I like how it shows Hamilton... Uh, as a tactician as well, like we're not doing guns, we're going to do this silently in the night, you know, with with our bayonets, we're going to you know, take them down. You know, you can't, they can't hear a gunshot, otherwise we're done. It has to be a, like a, a secret ninja mission. Yeah, stealth mission at night. Uh, it's it's good. Like I like we get Lawrence here coming back, and we get this huge sort of you know 
Hercules Mulligan moment where they all oh, pulled yeah. the, the red coats out. They had a spy on the inside. They're Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> now that was good how he, he incorporated his, his three mates into different parts of the, the tactic that he used, like the English retreat, but Lafayette's waiting for them at, at the bay, ready to take him, take the rest of them down. It's very good. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a really, really good song. And it's it's basically the America's one now. Yeah, and poor King George. He has to come back. That that moment where he walks out and you've still got all the Americans sort of on stage <laughs> yeah. as they as they walk away and he's just reacting like, uh, what the hell's happened here? It's really, really funny. Good reprise of that song again. Have you noticed he rarely blinks? Uh, no, I didn't notice that. Check it out on the next one. I, I looked up some trivia that he, he tries to keep his gaze as much as possible without blinking. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, Dear Theodosia, uh, not one of the most memorable songs in fairness. No, but I like the way it's set up. How you've got the the lighting basically cutting them off in the middle with uh the lack Burr of light. And Hamilton. <laughs> no, no, with Burr, with Burr and Hamilton sitting there as they're kind of looking like if that was a if that's a if that was not part of a stage play, it would be like a split screen with them doing the the basically the same thing, mimicking each other. Yeah, which is interesting because obviously they are so opposed in their ideals, but you do see, you know, what. What do they have in common? They are both family men. They're so passionate about their their children. With Theodosia and Philip coming along, it's you know it's 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 fine. You know, yeah, it's not bad. It's, I mean, it's it's not one of the more memorable ones, but it's it does its job. I mean, the vocals from Leslie Odom Jr. are superb. Oh, I mean, as they are in every song he sings. But I think yeah. the bigger one here is nonstop. Non-stop. I think the longest song in the play and the last song in Act 1 here. I feel like it's the longest because it incorporates basically every song they've sung so far into it. Yeah, it's incredible watching it. Like, I've, I've, as I said, I've seen this a lot, but watching it now, like, really picking out each song, it's like, yep, that one, that one, that one, that one. Like, they, they smash through them, which is... The ability to do that is so impressive because it, it doesn't yeah. feel it doesn't feel like it's cut and paste here. Like it's so well incorporated. They're adding layers on layers on layers to all these songs and even having, you know, different characters say lyrics from other songs. Like you've got here Hamilton, you know, spouting Eliza's lyrics from Helpless, like sort of throwing it back at her. When she's wanting to spend more time with him and and Philip and Washington saying, I want you to be the the treasurer of state. It's, you know, like she's fighting for his time here and he's he's throwing her, her lines back at her. It's it's telling, I think. I think we, we definitely skipped in the Dear Theodosia uh, song that he gets that letter that John Lawrence has died. Oh, of course. Lawrence, dead. Yeah. I, like the, I like the little added touch of having Lafayette and Hercules up on the top uh, rail as they walk on and read the letter too in the background. Yeah, seeing that that second level behind the main stage is is really good. Like even... There's a lot of times where Eliza's back there when Hamilton's being told information and she's it's as though she's reading like correspondence from him about it. It's yeah. Really interesting. And we talk about the use of the stage in general into nonstop when you have Angelica, who probably shouldn't have said what she said to Hamilton. Probably should have left it be. You know, he's married. Don't don't try and introduce the fact that, oh, you know, I've still I've still got a little thing there for you. <laughs> Yeah, she's 
uh, she's not shy, our Angelica, is she? Yeah. The use of the stage there where it, it circles Eliza around Alexander to his point of view after, you know, what she what, what uh, Angelica said to him, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, because you see, like, Alexander and Angelica walk out arm in arm and Eliza's on the other side of the stage and she's sort of- Angelica says, all right, I'm going to London, basically, I've got a rich husband, make sure you write to me. And, yeah, the way the, that rotating stage just, like, Eliza's not moving and she ends up in front of him just staring into his eyes and walks off with him. It's, it's, so, it's so well done. It is. But we hit the intermission. Yes, we do. So, we start Act 2 with an absolute banger, Hendo. We get What Did I Miss? Yeah, I feel like, well, obviously, a lot of the same actors are playing different characters in this film. And I really feel like they, they push it hard here to tell you this is now Thomas Jefferson and you got David Diggs mentioning how he, he spoke to Lafayette as well. Yeah, so, that, was, that yeah. was great. But I think you're right. Like, they do, they do really push. This is someone new here because this is yeah. the first character who isn't part of, you know, company that um, does, yeah, the first major role who takes another major role here. And yeah. this, like, David Diggs, take a bow. He is, he is just oozing so much charisma on stage here. It is, it's just infectious. Like, all these little dance moves and stuff. Like, it, do, you, do you know, do you know who he's basing his performance off? Uh, no, who? Prince. Ah, oh, Prince. Yeah, I did see that. Maybe that's why he's in so much purple here. Or is it pink? Um, uh, in the middle. Hmm. Yeah, he's fascinating. I love the way as well they use the staircases to show travel as well. Yep. And even him making his appearance at the top and walking down the stairs, he's got his cane, he's fluffing Mm -hmm. up his afro. Like, it's... Yeah, it's it really is a fantastic introduction to Jefferson. It's very uh, engaging with the audience as well, especially with uh, the cabinet battle coming up where you see they are interacting with people in the audience, like talking to them as it's happening as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cabinet battle, like I, you can just tell Lin-Manuel Miranda was just frothing writing this stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, do- he doesn't hold a candle to David Diggs though. David kills it. Yeah, David's fantastic here, but you know, like what... Yeah, what they're saying is is all all well and good, you know. It does get very heavy into Congress and the Federalist mm-hmm. Party and the Federalist Papers, and it's all a lot of it does uh, go over my head just because I do lack that base knowledge of American history. And you're not a big uh, rap guy, so you wouldn't really be following the uh, the insults, would you? <laughs> What's that meant to mean? I can follow the rap. Yeah, I, I've seen you. You watch the end of Eight Mile, and you're like, "What the hell just happened?" God, I, I wouldn't have seen Eight Mile since I was probably fourteen. Wow. Yeah, actually, I haven't seen it in like at least ten years as well. I'm not saying you're twenty-four now. I'm just saying it was ten years ago since I saw it. Mm. So, shall we uh, take a break? Let's take a break. Let's get back to uh, Hamilton writing his love letters to his sister-in-law. <laughs> this is so bizarre. I said it before with Angelica giving that subtle little hint. Even now, it's like. You put, you put a comma in between a word here. What did, what did that mean? It's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Let's stop looking into it so much. <laughs> yeah, I really do think she is looking into it too much. Uh, but you could just, like, I reckon Lin-Manuel Miranda and even uh, Alexander, what's his name, Chernow, the guy that the book's based on. No, the guy that wrote the book on Hamilton. I, I wonder if that was in there and they've really just picked that that one bit and it was like, maybe that's where this whole relationship and love affair well, not love affair, but this relationship came from. I find it particularly fascinating during the song when uh, Angelica and Eliza are uh, both telling 
Hamilton to take a break and come up state and Angelica is so enthused just as much as Eliza. It's like, why? Like, wouldn't Eliza be like, hang on, why are you so <laughs> encouraging and enthused for him to come up too? Like, why would you care? Yeah. No, it, it is pretty funny. But again, you know, Philippa Sue here, extraordinary. So yeah, happy. She's great. Yeah, that's great. Oh, we almost forgot about Anthony Ramos coming back as little Philip Hamilton here. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, his, his Playing appearance- a nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I admit the first the first few times I watched this, I, w- I wasn't a fan of this stuff at all. Uh, but it really has grown on me the the humor to it, you know. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. I mean, I, it's definitely not up there in terms of the best parts of the movie. Like, it's fine. It's it's all right. No, nah, it's very enjoyable. Seeing uh, Eliza beatboxing as well was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton's a little bit mischievous here, isn't he? Oh, he's very mischievous. I mean, really, we should have seen it coming, though. Let's be honest. Well, when Peggy's back, in- oh, I'm sorry, I'm not Peggy, not Peggy at all, no, is it? No, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> Mariah Reynolds. Yes, which I think Jasmine Jones does a definitely a more memorable role for her than Peggy, to be honest, for me. Yeah, I I agree with that too. She she's really strong in this song. Say no to this. It's a it's an interesting song how how the story is told about what happens and Hamilton's thoughts throughout the whole thing. Apparently, Hamilton's line, "How could I do this?" was originally, how could you do this? Until Lin-Manuel Miranda realised that he's recognising his own guilt was the only way to uh, retain his sympathy to the audience. Yeah. I mean, he's he has his flaws, Hamilton. And uh, it's a very, I mean, it's a sensual scene. She's virtually giving him a lap dance at one point. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good song. Like, it really is a good song. And it does set up so much of the drama in this second act. Yeah, not just with Eliza, but with the cabinet as well. Yeah, exactly. So the next one here, we've got the room where it happens. One of the, the one of the best happens, songs. The room where it happens. <laughs> it's yeah, very um, um, it's very show tunesy. Like it's kind of it kind of reminded me like of a West Side Story. I, I I was half expecting to see people come out doing the old the clicks as they're walking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's like it's a great song. It really is. I just think it's so. I just love that it's it's burr. Just so filthy at being yes. left out of this important meeting. <laughs> always. It's always him. Yeah, and I guess we see from here that he's sort of going to get back at Hamilton here by taking his father-in-law's seat. Yeah, which we find out in Skylar Defeated. Yeah, it's a quick little number here. Yeah. I mean, Burr sort of is saying to Hamilton that, you know, like, we we should still be friends. Like, that doesn't have to end. I'm just doing what you would do. But Hamilton is not happy. No, he ta- he takes it personally, and you know Hamilton, he's gonna he's gonna say what he has to say, and you know he's not gonna wait for it. We got another cabinet battle, a bit more a bit more aggressive from Hamilton here. <laughs> you must be out of your goddamn mind. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. It's funny. It's not. It's not even really about the topic that they're talking about because it's 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 they're battling about should they get involved in the the war overseas. It's more just about how Washington uh, Hamilton has Washington essentially on his side in his back pocket, basically. And you got Jefferson Burr and Madison just seething at seething at the teeth that they they can't stand this Hamilton guy and how he just gets everything everything he wants he he's got he gets it all and obviously the next scene Washington on your side especially at the end of that cabinet battle when he's like daddy's calling that was great that's a great line yeah no it was it was i mean it's it's an interesting argument like jefferson's basically saying like we would not have won our independence if not for the french and the whole deal with the french was that we would help them 
when they needed it, they need it now. Why aren't we helping? And it's like, nah, we're we're own country now. Yeah. We need to sort our own shit out. So we're good. But it, it, it's nice to see Burr finally get involved with some sort of uh, discussion with other people. It's not just focused around him and Hamilton. It's uh, him with the other two about Hamilton now. Yeah, they're trying to come up with, you know, a way that let's trace some money back. Let's find some dirt on Hamilton. We've yeah. got we've got to bring him down because he's so powerful. Like he's got Washington. When you go up against Hamilton, you're going up against Washington and that's that's too hard to do. And there's a yeah, really it's a losing uh, they, combination. Yeah, they need to take Hamilton down, but they they can't put out the fire from inside the house as they say, which is another good line. So we get a massive number here from Christopher Jackson saying goodbye as Washington. And my God, what a performance he puts in here. He can hold a note, can't he? He's fantastic. He really, yeah. really is great. And this song gives him you know, every moment it can to, to show his talent off. And, yeah, he's, he's fantastic here. Yeah, I completely agree. The song's very memorable. He puts in a great performance. And, yeah, he, he's a stunner of that. You know, when he holds that note right at the end of that song for so long, it's like, damn, that is quality. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. it. is good and it is interesting hearing him talk about how he, for the good of the nation he has to do it like if he was to stay in power till he died then it would be an absolute shit show afterwards of people fighting for it but with him there he's able to you know set up and guide this process that is going to continue you know indefinitely and still continues today of voting yeah. in new leader yeah exactly very interesting king george is back though he is this is pretty funny this one uh, talking about the second president of the US, John Adams. John Adams? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, he, he does have some great lines. Like, he's like, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could just step down. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't aware that was something you could do. It's it's yeah. funny. But uh, John Adams really doesn't... I mean, I'm surprised we don't get a John Adams character here because he has talked about a fair bit. And he like he's the second president. And the third one is obviously Jefferson, but yeah, we don't see John Adams at all. I actually saw a deleted uh, song that led up to "Sit Down, John, You Fat Mother," whatever. That was that is done by Hamilton. It's really good. I'm surprised they did cut it. I mean, there is a lot of songs in this movie already. There is, but you can't ever get enough of a good thing, Hendo. I did read that Jonathan Groff had actually left the play or the you know the musical at this time, and he actually came back specifically for the filming of this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's the only one that they actually brought back. And you know, respect to the guy who was playing King George here for happily standing aside for Groff because I, I have, O'Malley. Yeah, I have seen some footage of him, and I mean. He doesn't compare to Jonathan Groff here. No, he puts in a great performance. Very, very memorable. Very funny. Yeah. Did you notice that he wasn't blinking? Oh, I forgot to even look. <laughs> oh, you two idiot. I'm sure you'll see it on your you know, 15th time you watch it. Undoubtedly. But no, we're into the Adams administration. Yeah, I did like that we get King George staying on stage for this. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's doing his little dance on the chair, listening to Burr talk about how Adams is now the president, which, you know, it's nice seeing Jefferson as well sort of saying, well, you don't have Washington anymore, Hamilton, you're done. Yeah, uh, but they know he's still powerful, and they they want to take him down. So they have tracked down some of these uh, check stubs, which they believe proves that he's been you know embezzling money in his position of power. 
But, you know, this this bit here in the We Know song, Hamilton does lay out exactly what's happened. And again, now, what do you- David, David Diggs with his reaction yeah. to the letter is he's so on point here. Now, what do you think of Hamilton's decision to actually show them? I mean, he must know in the back of his mind that this is going to get revealed. If he shows it to these three guys, they are going to you know put this out to the public. What do you think of his choice to do that to try and save himself politically? But theoretically, it's going to destroy his personal life. I mean, I don't think it's this point that that stuffs him here. I think he had to tell them the truth here because if they didn't, like they said, they say in the song, like we can see the the headlines already. I think if he just left them to their own devices, then articles would be published accusing him of all this and the public would just assume he's guilty. So what he needs to do here is try and dissolve that a bit so that he can please these three men into not taking this matter further. So, I, I don't disagree with his decision here. Okay, so basically we, we sort of get Hamilton's reaction to, you know, him telling the other three guys on what's happened here in Hurricane. And it's not it's not a bad song, honestly. I think it's more memorable for me the way the stage is set up for him. There's a certain point in the in the in the song where it kind of goes like a freeze frame and everything's spinning around him like he's in yeah. a literal hurricane. Well, yeah, cuz the, the point of the song is uh in the eye of the hurricane and then he's in the middle and everything is slowing down around him. Yeah, it was it, very effective. Re- it was really good. But that does lead to the Reynolds pamphlet. Yep, everyone is shitty with Hamilton. I thought like this this thing was going to come out and it's just ruined it's just ruined his his family. This is a great song. Yeah, every like you're never going to be president now. Yeah. It's it's mixed with some like like sad moments with Angelica and Eliza and and then you got yeah, you've got fucking Jefferson to be Diggs just in the background just making fun of him. It's gone. Yeah, it's a pisser. Yeah, obviously Eliza, not too happy, which leads her to to burn Hendo. What do you think of burn here? I think it's really good performance from Philippa Sue. Really taps yeah, into I- what she's feeling, basically what she's telling Hamilton. Like, you know, you've how does she say it? Uh it's a specific way she says it, like something about uh, being denied uh, a house, denied the bed. Like a specific word she uses. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. She says she's erasing herself from the narrative. You know, she's yep. had enough of him. They they don't get to know what Eliza said. It's interesting she talks about herself in the third person here. But I guess I guess this is where, you know, Lynn Manuel has has come up. He's filled in the gaps a bit here because you know, they have no letters from Hamilton to Eliza and he's sort of yeah. saying, Well, Maybe she burned them all. You know, she wants yeah, she wants not? you to burn. You're a dog for doing this, and and she's so hurt and cut up about it. But it's yeah, it's an amazing performance. This song gets me every time. But now we get into poor Philip Hamilton here, growing up to 19 years old, and he's got too much pride in his in his belly here, and he's got to go and you know verbally abuse the man who had a go at Hamilton himself. Yeah, this guy's funny. Piss off! I'm watching the show now. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, very this confident. Clearly, yeah, this is not a man of honor. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty much. And you know, you can see on Philip's face immediately after, like, uh, okay, I didn't expect that. He's a bit nervous now. Yeah. So, he goes to Pops for advice because, you know, it's not something they teach in boarding school, he says. But I'm I'm really not sure he should be taking advice from his old man on, on dueling at this point. Well, he said it's his first duel, so he doesn't know how to do one. He's going to take the advice of the, the man who knows how to do one, apparently. Just point your gun at the sky. I mean, come on. 
He does mention, though, if he's a man of honour. I don't think Alexander Hamilton knew this man was not a man of honour. No, because he doesn't even wait till 10. He shoots no. you know, at 7 or 8. But then uh, he dies. Sad moment. He does die. Uh, he got Hamilton over over a dying son here. It's pretty sad, but it's so much sadder once Philippa Sue runs in screaming. And she's like, she brings out tears and shit. Like, that was that was uh, acting to a force right there. Yeah, she's sensational. Yeah, she is. Get a bit of a downer song here with It's Quiet Uptown. Yeah, massive depressing song about how lonely and quiet everything is now that his son's dead and everyone hates him. Uh, Yeah, this is the the lowest point of the movie in regards to all the characters and how they're feeling. But it does does bring back Eliza and Alexander together. Yeah, it does. Uh, She does forgive him after the, you know, his... uh, Adulting ways, I guess. But let's get past that. Let's get back to politics, as they say, Hendo. Yeah, election of 1800. Which is another fun song. Pretty much any song with David Diggs in it is a fun song. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. Even uh, even Burr's a bit uh, skippery at the moment, bit, bit on a you know, <laughs> hop, skip and a jump as he's going around town. Uh, he's very funny doing his campaigning door-to-door. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, he's up and about. I like it. Yeah, he's doing well. Until Hamilton says his final words, I guess. And he, but but what what Hamilton says here is is true. Like even though he hasn't agreed with anything Jefferson said, Jefferson has beliefs and Burr has none, and that's been the the basically the topic of the film. It was from the first or second song. Yeah, Burr does not stand for anything, and Hamilton cannot abide by that. So he really makes a stand here. He says, "Well, you know." I'm not going with you, which is pretty crazy. In the scheme of the actual uh, musical we've watched, history aside, like they have been close to friends. Yeah. Close friends, but close to being friends this whole time. And Jefferson has been an outright foe to him. But no, he's really not having a bar of Burr right now. Well, that uh, that sends Burr the wrong way because you've got your obedient servant next and... You know, he's trying to find out why. Like, why'd you do it? Why couldn't you just back me? And yeah, he basically, re- you know, reiterates what he said. I, I you know, I'm not going to apologize. I, I speak the truth. And that sends them on a path to have a duel at dawn. Yeah, I think the obedient or your obedient servant is probably my least favorite song. Okay. All this A dot ham, A dot burr. It's just, it doesn't do it for me, Hendo. Okay, fair enough. I. I don't know if I can agree with you. I'd have to think about that, but this isn't that men- that much of a memorable song. And I don't know if it's because of the runtime. It's been uh, you know a fair while now, and maybe some of these songs are blending together. But this one doesn't stand out for me. Oh, you're struggling with the runtime now, Hendo. Uh, a little bit. How dare you? <laughs> uh, all right, best of wives and best of women. How the hell do you say no to Eliza in that moment, Hendo? Because he is a man of honour and he needs to go do this duel. Well, he needs to get on her, I say. Man, you could you you almost went the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I was well behaved. So we get our big duel, Hendo. Yeah, I love how this is set up. You get first, you get uh, Burr's perspective on what he what he thinks the situation is. You know, he even remarks that Hamilton's wearing his his glasses. He wants to have a perfect aim here. He thinks this is this is deadly serious. He needs to be taking aim, like as you know, he needs to be trying here. Yeah, from what I've read, actually, it was incredibly rare that someone actually died from these duels back in the day. So, considering we get three duels here and three deaths, it's it's pretty crazy. 
Did we get three deaths? I think uh, General Lee died. Okay, okay, yeah. You shot mm-hmm. him in the side. Does he yield? Yes, he yields. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love how this is set up, where he shoots the bullet, and you get the actress on the stage like moving the bullet in slow mo as it's going along here, yeah. while Hamilton gives his speech and essentially like goes through his life as well as you get everything that's happened through the course of his of his history here with all the songs, yeah, like sees, some of the songs come back. No, a lot of the songs come back, but he sees, you know, his he sees Lauren's on the other side. Hmm. He sees his son on the other side, his mother, Washington's there. Like he's he's very close to death. And it's yeah, it's it's great. His his speech here is I mean it's powerful. It's great. It's very powerful, even to the point where just, you know, just as it speeds back up, puts his gun up in the air, gets shot. And then you get the, and- the final song. Now, before that, we get Burr sort of looking back about how, you know, even though Hamilton's the one that died, it's Burr that pays the price and he is, you know, the villain in America's history. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. I assume it is. It has to be, doesn't it? You kind of feel bad for him. You feel bad for him because you watch this and he's not a bad guy. (laughs) No. I'm pretty – like Hamilton's – not Hamilton. Manuel Miranda has, you know, given this guy a bit of a characterization and understanding. Yeah. No, it was really good. But no, we do get to who lives, who dies, who tells your story. You know, David Diggs and Thomas Jefferson still ends up on a little comedic note there. Yeah, yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, they they all acknowledge the importance of Hamilton in you know America's history here. Even yeah. uh, you know his foes here, President Madison, I think he's the fourth president of the U.S. He says yeah. he's done a great job as well. It's it's great, but of course it all lands on Eliza. Yeah, she's put herself back in the narrative. She has, and she stops wasting time on tears, and she's she starts. The first private orphanage in New York City. Yeah, she does all right. Yeah, she's very happy about that. And she she speaks out against slavery. And you notice when she says that, you can actually see George Washington behind her. And he sort of, he, he reacts to that. It's the real, like, crestfallen look because yeah. he, he did have slaves as well. Now, it does end on Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, taking Eliza to the front and she she gasps and then it ends. Would you, have you looked up at this? Like, what do you think this means? Any theories? Yeah, yeah, I've I've looked up, but I mean, I I'm I'm sure that what I believe happens is is correct. So of course I, you do. I'm I'm positive that at the end there, when Lin Manuel Miranda takes her hand and walks her to the front, what she is looking at is literally the audience. So it's all about Eliza. She spent fifty years trying to tell Hamilton's story. And let's pull you into the present from, you know, 200 years ago and let's show you this is what you've accomplished. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have this story here right now. And that that gasp that she does is very much a, like a, a gasp of of shock that she was successful and happiness hmm. that she was successful. What What's your take? I, I, I think that is probably the, the true one there. Do you think, so are you saying that Lin-Manuel Miranda is actually Lin-Manuel Miranda there or is it Hamilton? Yeah, that that I'm not sure about. Uh, I I mean, it, it works both ways. It makes sense if it's Lin-Manuel, but I, I do still say that it's Hamilton. But yeah. yeah, I wouldn't argue with it's actually Lin-Manuel telling the story either. There's the other theory that she's, you know, transcended into heaven and she's somewhat gasping at you know, the face of God or something like that. She actually got asked this question and she said, 
you know, people are like, is Eliza going into heaven? Is she seeing Alexander? Is she seeing God? What is it? And it's kind of all those things. Sometimes it's literally, I look out and see the audience and that's what it is. But I think that idea of transcendence is present in all of that. It's funny. I actually watched a clip on YouTube that I think has about eight other uh, pirated, like bootleg filmed in the audience versions of different Eliza's doing this gasp. Yeah. And I got to say, if you didn't already love Philippa Sue, just just watch this because she is just leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else. Now I'll take your word for it. She is fantastic here. Yep, and that's going to do it for Hamilton. Any last words? Uh, I'm going to go first this time because I think we'll uh, we'll end it more on a bang with your review because uh, I I don't love this film as much as you. I'll say as much as you. Okay, because I really, really, really love this film. Second time I've seen it, it really helps that I went back and listened to the songs on the soundtrack multiple times since I saw it the first time to really get myself immersed in those songs and and listen more to the lyrics and understand what was going on in this film because it actually really explains the story quite well. Like I feel like the first time I watched it, maybe I had a little bit of a struggle with fully understanding the story as it goes. Not this time around. Like so this was, better on a second watch, you would say? Uh, absolutely better on a second Ooh. watch. The songs, all the songs are catchy. They are like there's some songs there that are flat out brilliant. The performances in this film are top notch. The use of the stage, how small it is, and how they accompany the, the rotating floors, the stairwells that move around. It, it's quite fascinating to see how much they can use with such a small space. I'm not giving it five stars, though. I feel like it does go for a bit too long. There are some of the songs that aren't memorable, and quite frankly, they were a tad boring along the way. But still, the the positives far outweigh the negatives for this film. Like, man, I'm still listening. I'm still got some of these songs in my head. I'm still singing them as I go along when I'm walking to, when I'm walking down the street or I'm at work. I'm, I've got these songs in my head. I really, really dug this film. Four and a half stars. Very good. Well, for me, it's, it's no secret I love this film. And you, know, you use the word fascinating. I'm fascinated that I love this film because by all rights, I really shouldn't. It's about a topic that is like on paper, incredibly boring, incre- incredibly dry. It's a style of music I'm not into. Like I'm not a hip hop lover by any stretch. You know, rock grunge is probably more my my go-to, maybe alternative, I guess. And I'm not a like I'm not a big musical guy at all, you know, and I'm not a stage guy. I've been to I think one live musical ever, and I think I was about seven years old, which was Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this nice. thing blew me away. Uh, I just the songs, the songs are incredible, and it's their ability to get you involved in this story, and it's just. It's not just the story here, but like I've done so much research after the fact, like even. Even after this, I'm sure I'll I'll go on another random wiki dive down into presidential history and you know what <laughs> I've I've looked at presidential rankings and what all these presidents are accomplishing. Wow. Like it's just it has sparked this interest and passion in me that I have no rights to have any interest in. But I cannot like you met we've yeah we've mentioned the performances are incredible. Uh, Philippa Sue is a standout for me. Like it's like even. Even Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's not the best actor, he doesn't have the best voice, but there's something lovable about this guy on stage, you know? And maybe it's because he's not as talented 
from a performance standpoint as some of the people around him that it is sort of endearing like seeing him do his thing here it's amazing without doubt this is a amazing incredible outstanding for me very good now any of you avid listeners out there would have noticed that we didn't give an excellent and i think it's because the whole movie is excellent boom oh look at you no it is because we're doing our top five hamilton songs and considering our number one hamilton song is probably excellent for the film that's where the excellent is going to show up as our number one hamilton song coming up god it would have been such a baller move to not have my favorite song as the excellent (laughs) (laughs) i was the best because the crowd loved me all right, Dean, where's this going to sit on your rankings? Are you starting from the top and working down? Honestly, I have no idea. Like, often when we go to this segment, I will have a pretty good idea of where movies are going to go, but I'm... Uh, gee, it's so hard. It's it's hard because I know recency bias is a thing. Like, you look at, you look at my list here and you look at movies I've given five stars to. Ugh... I don't know. I mean, my eighth highest is The Matrix. It's not better than The Matrix. Let's start off from that point. Uh, going down, we've got Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's just so it's so hard because this is not <laughs> like any of these films. Like, is it better than Lord of the Rings? Is it better film than Lord of the Rings? Well, no, it's not. But do I get more enjoyment out of watching Hamilton than I do Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Would I watch Lord of the Rings, you know, nine or ten times in three weeks? No fucking way. <laughs> Admittedly, I, I probably wouldn't have time to do that, but, uh, you know, then we look at Kill Bill at 11, Kill Bill's amazing, Pianist at 12, then Donnie Darker. You know what, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it at number 12, I'm going to put it in between Kill Bill and The Pianist, so Hamilton is my new number 12. Rightio, well, we're going to start at number 37 for me with Logan, I think this is better than Logan, I also think it's better than It's a Wonderful Life at number 36. We get to Casino, and I think Hamilton is better than that too. On to Stand By Me, and I think there's going to keep going from there. It moves on to Alien at number 33, which I also think Hamilton is better than. Number 32 is The Shining, and I think Hamilton is better than The Shining. Number 31 is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and I think that's where it's going to stop. So Hamilton for me is my new number 32. Okay. Give it a few more watches, Hendo. We'll get you up. I'll have to take your word for it for now. Hey, listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie-related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there, and there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and, of course, Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast, Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it. Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on TeePublic. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy. Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Hendo controls our main handle at the Movie Journey, and I am at Dean's 250 Journey. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Movie Journey, our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterboxd.com slash Dino underscore J88. Really rolls off the tongue. And you can find Hendo at letterbox.com slash Hendo. And we also have a new Facebook 
discussion group. Yeah, a little listener community going on over there. Yeah, head on over, join up. We'd love for you to be a part of the discussion. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. Or if you're really loving the show and want more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, we've got over 70 episodes over there, including such classic film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series, Mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, Dean, we're into week two of our David Fincher film series, and we're up to The Game. Yeah, looking forward to The Game. Bit of a tense film. I'm excited. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. I'll be curious to see what it's uh, like now knowing what to expect from this film. Now, this is actually our two-year anniversary on Patreon this month. Yes, it is. Very exciting time for Ascendo. Yes, and we're very, very close to our 100th Patreon episode. So we decided, let's do something a little special for our awesome patrons. So what we're going to be doing for episode 100 is we're going to be hosting a big competition raffle for all of our patrons to... See who's going to win a, a big, nice, big Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch. Maybe a t-shirt, maybe a, a mug, something, something big, something something great for them. So this is the perfect time if you want to sign up to our patron to get on board, get a couple of raffle tickets. We're also going to be doing a, a bonus Q&A episode for that particular 100th episode. So perfect time, I reckon, to sign up. Hey, Dean. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. All right, mate, it's time for... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this could be it. Now let's take a look at the reviews from our patrons. First one from the Rough House podcast. Hard to judge it as a film since it's just a film staged play. But however many years after it became a pop culture phenomenon, I finally was exposed to it. And it's pretty fantastic. Sure, some of the rapping is cornball cheese, but the majority of the singing performances were stellar. For such an odd topic for a near three-hour musical, it really drags. Sure, they probably could have trimmed two to three songs and not lost the impact, but overall I think the story is interesting and well-written, presented and performed. And it's really impressive what all can be done on a single stage nowadays. The production is off the charts. Next up from Rob Manafield, Hamilton is brilliant. The staging, the music, the performances, it's all great. I hope we get more musicals presented in this way in the future. The Book of Mormon, please. Have you seen The Book of Mormon? No. That was a dumb question. I've realised. No, I haven't. I hear it's good, though. Yeah, I have heard it's good, too. Next one here from Jay. This absolutely blew me away. The talent in this group is fantastic. The family and I have viewed this show a few times now, but more importantly, we have had the soundtrack on repeat through the house and Carson's watching it. Lin-Manuel Miranda crafted an absolute masterpiece of art. Would have loved to be in the room where it happened. Looking forward to his next projects. Guess I'll just have to wait for it to be satisfied. Nice. Last one here from Chris Beardsell. After having this hyped for four years, I was ready to come into this with some edgy takes. But I have to concede, the hype is real. The songs are great and the performances are top-notch. David Diggs should really be the next biggest star. Now comes a part where I annoy Dean. Mm. I have an issue with this being in the top 250 because I don't count this as a film. It's just a recording of a stage show. But it sure is a fantastic stage show for out of five. Yeah, I don't care. Like, I was unsure if this would be counted. <laughs> IMDb count it, so so shall I. Yep, uh, I agree with you. As soon as they put that in the list, it's like, well, this is the this is the podcast we do, so it is a film. I uh, thank you very much, patrons, for putting in a review. But of course, we've got. Yay! 
All right, let's see what Brother Shane has to has to say this time. All right, after universal glowing reviews that we've all just heard, here we go. So it's a Broadway musical that you can watch at home and everyone's gushing about it. Couple of things. The novelty of seeing a taped live musical needs to be set aside. I'm getting that people are being swept up in the hollow aesthetics. Yes, the lighting is good. <laughs> you can't even get through it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's plenty of atmosphere. So far, this is all good stuff. The cast are wearing pretty costumes and they can dance and jump and weave in and around the stage. I'm only hearing positives here, Shane. (laughs) Some people are raving about the music. Didn't do much for me. There were one or two points where I thought, hey, that's pretty good, but I forget where they are now. Anyway, now we've gotten that stuff out of the way, we can talk about the things this production deserves to be judged on. It's story and characters. Uh Uh-oh. And that's from Shane. Uh Uh-oh, not me. I found the story almost impossible to follow. As in, I could barely understand what was happening. There's also this Mm. element where it doesn't even matter if you can't follow the story or what they're singing about because I sort of got that not a lot was happening full stop. I mean, I have to disagree with that. Yeah, if he uh, said there was too much happening, I could I could say, yeah, okay, I understand why he would say that. But saying there's not much happening is crazy. All right. I can't even get to the point of judging the story because the delivery was so unclear, I couldn't understand it. So for storytelling, it gets a zero. Characters. Well, there's Hamilton. He's the main one. I thought the woman playing his wife was a talented singer. Um, the guy playing the king was a highlight, even though he was really bad. Ha ha. He didn't really come into the story, though. Story. What story? Why is Hamilton's nine-year-old son played by an adult man? Like, what? As if the lack of scenes and non-singing dialogue wasn't absurdist enough. The whole way through, you're getting plummeted by the notion that you can't take anything literally. But I couldn't take anything metaphorically either because I didn't understand any of the metaphors. Musicals, stage or otherwise, are not exempt from having compelling characters or a coherent storyline. This hot mess has nothing. Cats? (laughs) Cats made more sense. One star. Wow. Holy shit. That's gotta be. His worst ever take. Uh, yeah. Yep. I'll I'll agree with that. Ooh. Horrible, Shane. Horrible. All right, mate, let's get to... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you, what is your favourite Hamilton song? And let's take a look over on Twitter, first of all. First one from WCB. Kelly Clarkson's cover of It's Quiet Uptown. Hmm. I don't remember Kelly Clarkson being in Hamilton. Thank God. Pop-Up Film Car says, I listen to Wait For It more than the rest. Although, What Did I Miss is a great one too. Word Salad Radio says, Rewind. I think you're satisfied. Yeah, you'd, you'd say so. Hassan Kamara says, I'm now at the point where my obsession with Hamilton has taken over me and I listen to almost every song every day. I'm with you, man. Still, my favourite remains, Wait For It. The Minorities Report film says, wait for it. Amy Smith. It changes almost daily, but for now I'll say non-stop. Not bad. Aware of the award says, say no to this. Brian Stever says, satisfied. So usually when we do this question, we'll, we'll ask each other, have you seen this? Nah, no, nah, I haven't seen it. It's a bit hard now. <laughs> I've definitely seen better. these songs. <laughs> we should just do musicals like exclusively. Oh, you would love that. What, you, I could see you making your own podcast of just... Musicals. Could you, though? Sounds like a lot of work, Hendo. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Rebecca Bellow says, The Skylar Sisters. 
Game of Thrones quote says, this is an impossibly difficult question, but I'm going to go with wait for it. Didn't seem that impossible. Paul Klein says, it varies day to day, but Washington on your side and one last time are both ones I sing daily. Uh, Yala Stark says, non-stop. And our last one on Twitter from Alex Bolgan, Alexander Hamilton. All right, let's take a look over in our Facebook discussion group. First one here from Ryan Utting, Guns and Ships and Yorktown. Mina Haka says satisfied. And our last one from Michael O'Neill. For me, it's definitely burn. And let's take a look at what our patrons have to say. First one from Rob Manafield. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story? The first time I heard this, I found myself getting emotional. And when you listen to the lyrics, it's a very powerful song. Next up from Jay. This is like picking your favourite child. I'll have to go with The Room Where It Happens. It shows off the amazing talent of Leslie Odom Jr. vocally and dance choreography. Chris Beardsall says, my shot. David Powell says, none of them? Question mark. Maybe that Room Where It Happens one if I had to pick. Hmm. I get the feeling he's not a (laughs) Hamilton fan, Hendo. (laughs) And our last one from Julio at the Contrarians, nonstop. All right, thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But, Dean, let's get to our top five Hamilton songs. And as usual, we'll kick it off with you. What is your number five? Alexander Hamilton. Ah, very good. Can good I just choice. say, before before we really get rolling into this, I spent more time doing this top five than any other top five I've ever done. This changed so much, it wasn't funny. I actually have a top uh, ten here. I couldn't help myself, but number lots five. Lots of research, lots of listening to the songs over and over, just making sure that it is my number five. Just got to go double check it again. I mean, I was on my phone doing like multiple song picks, like trying to work out which one I liked more. It was Rankings it was lists. All right, well, my number five. I am not throwing away my shot. <laughs> Very nice. My number four is wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. What was it? I'm waiting. <laughs> my number four is the Skylar Sisters. How's that one go, Hendo? Skylar Sisters and, and Peggy. <laughs> uh, my number three is where I put my shot. Uh, my number three is in the room where it happens. Uh, my number two is Burn. Ooh, good pick. Mm. Mm, interesting. Okay, my my top two, they they've changed like multiple times. Now I've put my number two as Satisfied because okay. I feel like as a song I would put it second. But if I was to if I was to have it as like Hamilton performances, like the actual watching the film as the song, you know, as that, as that's going. It would definitely be my number one. But in terms of the song, second. I mean, I could be going out on a limb here, Hendo, but it kind of sounds like your excellent is not your favourite song here. No, I'm going off my Hamilton songs. You're saying your favourite song is not satisfied at number two, but if you're going off performance, it would be satisfied. So if you're going, like, just audio, satisfied is number two, but as the actual moment in the film... Are you saying Satisfied would be your number one? You've got to mix them together, like performance and song. My, num- my number one, which I'm going to bring up in a minute, would still be my excellent part of the movie. Okay. Doesn't sound like it. My number one and my... Excellent! Is... You'll never be satisfied. Yeah. Nice. It's a good choice. It is a good choice. And I think I think Dean knows exactly which, which part I'm talking about. My number one and my... Excellent! Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Oh, man, that, I just gave myself chills. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> We're both masters. Who won? How did it end? 
All right, Dean, it's time to find out our Pod v Pod 40 blind movie draft results between you and me in iconic film joes. And just for the record, I was team one and I had Han Solo and Chewbacca, Vincent Vega and Jules from Pulp Fiction, Woody and Buzz from the Toy Story franchise, Andy and Red from Shawshank Redemption, and Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. I was team two. I had Doc and Marty, Fredo and Sam, Murtaugh and Riggs, Thelma and Louise, and Bill and Ted. All right, let's take a look at some responses here. First one from the guest host, Sam from the Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. Hmm, I can usually guess who's who in these. I think he's got a he's got an inside inside scoop here. The cinema guys say although Team Hendo has the ultimate couple in Han and Chewie, Team Dean is more consistent across the board. I disagree. Next one from Church's fan Papa. Wow, strong lineups for both teams. However, Team Hendo takes it, riding the shoulders of Star Wars, Pulp Fiction, and the D and D duos. Kathy B says, "Oh wow, most of my faves are on one team, but I have to choose the other. I will always be loyal to Back to the Future." <laughs> Stephanie Magny says Team Hendo easily. Rough House Podcast says close call, but Samwise and Mr. Frodo are the best. The best. The best. Stuart Garside says Team Hendo wins. Almost could have been Team Dean, but Lord of the Rings and Thelma and Louise killed it for them. Not a Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah, unlucky. And our last one here from Renegade. Jules and Vincent Vega? Han Solo and Chewbacca? It's not even close. Ain't the same ballpark with either. Ain't even the same sport. I got Team Hendo by a mile. Uh, that seemed to be the consensus, Dean, because at the end of the day, 60% goes to me. Crushed it. Yeah, you did well. Well done. And that being said, we've got some movies to give out, Dean. Now, I won four of those rounds, and I also have a movie to give you, which I mentioned last time. So I've got five movies to give you, whereas nice. you've got one. Give me so, something to do. So what I'm going to do is I've got five films here that I have selected off my list that I've been putting up on my letterbox of the 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 biggest films from each decade that I would personally would like to watch. And I'm hoping that you haven't seen any of these films. So for my first one here, I'm going with a film from the 2010s, and it's called Son of Soul. Okay. And my next film I'm giving you is from the 1990s, and I'm going with Chunking Express. Okay. My next film is from the 1980s, and it, act- it is actually a film that you said that you hadn't seen uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. I'm going to give you Akira. Okay. And then we hit the 1960s. I'm not 100% if you've seen this film. Uh, let's go Midnight Cowboy. I have not seen that. Wow. All right, then. And my last one here, uh, we're going back another decade to the 1950s. Wow. Shock twist. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to get you to watch. Shane! Is it Shane's pick? Are you giving your choice <laughs> away, Shane's Hendo? Pick, if it was Shane's pick, he would pick Shane. I, I seriously doubt that. All right. Well, there seems to be some solid hot garbage there. So looking forward to getting into that. (laughs) Is Son of Saul... Solid hot garbage. Is Son of Saul foreign? Yes. So is Chunky Express. So is Akira. Yep. I thought so. You dead set prick. All right. Fair enough. Why, Why do you hate me for giving you foreign films? I will let you know... After I watch them. If these movies are three hours as well, I'm forfeiting. <laughs> You're not forfeiting shit, all right? Maybe you do better next time on a Pod V Pod. Uh, we, we've got to have a two-hour limit at least. <laughs> all right, well, I'm actually going to wait to give you a movie until after I've seen these five, just to see yeah. how nice I should be to you, Hendo. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever my average rating is, that's the movie I'm giving you. <laughs> Well, then I at, least, at least I know I only have to get through one shit film, whereas you may have to get through five. So you admit they're probably shit films? No, I hear good things about all of them. Oh, have you seen Shane? You're Cowboy's Best Picture winner. Have you seen Shane? I haven't seen, I haven't seen any of these films, hence why they're all my top films from each decade I would like to see the most. Okay, I feel like I am spoiled on Shane, though, that's all. Damn Kevin Spacey in The Negotiator. 
Oh, I thought it would have been from the sound drop every week. How would that sound drop ruin a movie for me, Hendo? You watch, that'll be the last line of the film. You'll be like, oh my God, I got it. I mean, I think it is. <laughs> is it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> You're going to be waiting for it. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin. All right, Dean, we are into the bracket finals of our Tournament of Champions. Our eight films have been seeded. Now, let's take a look at the first four matches. So, we have the first two matches here are the top four that were seeded. Now, whichever two films lose this round still have a chance into the semis. Okay. So, the first two matches here are The Empire Strikes Back versus Psycho and Pulp Fiction versus The Dark Knight. All right. And the next two matches here, whoever loses these are out and they are Inception versus Casablanca and 12 Angry Men versus A New Hope. All right, as usual, a couple of good matches there. Curious to see how those results are going to end up. So, what's next? All right, Ando, what's coming up next for us to break down? I was having a look at some anniversaries of films. I thought some of these might be good to break down at the exact time that they're having a specific anniversary. And there's one coming up that is about to hit its 20-year anniversary. Now, if you can do quick math, you'll realize that is from 2000. So, I think it is perfect for us to break down Snatch. Oh, Snatch. Nice. Yeah, I think so. When was the last time you saw Snatch? Uh, years. Over six years, I'll say. Maybe over ten. It's been a while. Bravo for sidestepping the pun as well. I'm proud of you. What pun? All right, that's sad then if you don't know what the pun is. Oh, uh, no, I just wanted you to embarrassingly, hey, embarrassingly say doing. it. <laughs> I know what you're doing. And that's going to do it. Thank you, everyone, for checking out the episode. And we will see you next week for Snatch. Bye.